Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Come on church, let's make some noise for our Lord, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. We give you the glory and the honour in this place. You know, baptism is a great reminder who we are as a church to see lives change for eternity, to raise up young uh, men and women uh, of faith. I remember baptizing my son, Jaden, uh, when he was a lot smaller and I could uh, hold him. <laughs> now he's bigger than I am. Uh, to see those fathers baptize their sons this morning. That's significant for us as a church. that we have families that raise their children up in the ways of the Lord. I, I honour both of those families. I, I love how our church in our kids' ministry is all about teaching and training this next generation. Uh, it's who we are. That's what we believe in. It's so so vital and so important. We, we don't lose sight of that. We're about seeing lives changed for eternity. Father, we pray for those families. Um, we, we pray for them in Jesus' name, that they would sense the living God this morning. Praise God for Lance as he's able to baptize his son Cooper. For Dave, who's able to baptize his son Finley. We pray for the wives, Michelle and Jess. Just let them sense your favor and love on their lives. Bless that family, both of them. We pray in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. One more time, let's give it up to our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. You may be seated. Welcome everyone, great to have you with us, uh, great to see uh, new families and people joining us for baptism. I'll start with a story this morning, I was following a couple of blokes the other day and I overheard their conversation and one guy talks to the next guy and he says, mate, how's your job going? And he says, mate, I hate my job, it's terrible, it's just terrible. But it pays the bills. It pays the bills. <laughs> so was he, eh? And so I, I, I thought his friend might correct him and say, mate, you know, we, we've got to change your jobs or do something. And, he, and his mate said, yeah, mate, I know what you mean. I hate my job. My boss is terrible. But it pays the bills. It pays the bills. I wanted to tackle them and grab them and say, boys, there's more to life than paying the bills. There's more to life than paying the bills. Proverbs 29, 18 says it this way, where there is no, no vision, what happens? People perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. So many people are going through life without a vision, without a clear vision. Odds are you'll get to the end of your life and wonder what more you could have done. Imagine spending eternity regretting your time on earth, we only get one shot at this life and what we do will have an impact for eternity. You see, everyone ends up somewhere, but few people end up somewhere on purpose. So the Hebrew word for vision is hazon. It refers to a type of vision that comes from the Lord. So a vision is more than a goal. I'm a goal setter. I love goals. I love making decisions to plan but a vision has the fingerprint of God in it. That there's something about a destiny, a divinity uh, that comes from the Lord with a vision. So what's your vision? 
in this series over the next uh, three weeks. We're unpacking vision for our church and for our own lives. To accomplish anything, you must first have a vision. In fact, Habakkuk 2.2 says, write the vision. Make it plain so he may what? He may run who reads it. The Bible teaches us to have a vision and write it down. A vision may change. It points to the future. But what a vision does, it brings your world into focus. Vision brings order out of chaos. Vision enables you to see everything differently. Vision allows you to pay a price for a future reward. Vision allows you to say no to what doesn't really matter, right? But allows you to say yes to what does. Imagine if everyone in our church got a refreshed vision over these next few weeks, uh, a stirring, a prompting, uh, a, a revelation from the Lord. Imagine how that would change our church forever. It would change the Hills Shire forever. It would change our city forever. There is power in vision. So how do we get a vision? All right, Miles, you, you, you know, you've sold me. Sign me up. Where do I pay? 1995, where do I get the vision? How do we get a vision? Well, to discover your vision, you must understand your why. Because a vision is fueled from your why. A vision points to the future. But your why is depositing you from your past, from your upbringing, from studying, revelation, experience, a burden that just doesn't leave you, a, a passion that you just carry, something that matters to you. It might not matter to anyone else, but it matters to you. You've got to understand your why. Your why is what uh, drives your vision. Your why is what gives energy to your vision. Your why is what births your vision. What is your why? What matters to you? What is significant to you? Your vision can change, but generally your why stays the same. It's something that's just God or, or place in your heart that's there. And there's a bit of frustration sometimes with your why. Uh, when things aren't uh, met the way you would hope, because that why is a belief inside of you. God places it there. What is your why? If you want to get a vision, you've got to start with discovering your why. My vision is to build a local church. And my why started on a beach. Take a look. So it was on this beach, this very beach 38 years ago, that my life changed forever. Story goes, I was surfing, just on my own, minding my own business, and this guy paddles over to me and invites me to come to church. I'm like, church, forget it. I'm not a churchy, I'm not a Jesus freak or a Jesus person, I don't know anything about that. I said, no chance. So I was 15 and I was really hurting. My mom had just packed my sister and I and all our belongings in our yellow Sigma and we drove up from Sydney to start again at Broadbeach. I knew no one and I was really in this dark place. I thought I'd cause a divorce. I was just confused and hurting as a young teenager. 
and I, I really wasn't interested in anything or anyone. I was kind of mad and rebellious. Well, the guy says, it's across the road tomorrow, Sunday, and I'll meet you there and I'll take you. I'm like, what, what have I got to lose? So I said yes to him and I met him. I went to church and I encountered the living God. Jesus Christ uh, changed my, my world forever. I invited him into my heart. I was changed and I've been following Jesus for 38 years since. What's amazing about this story is this little INC church that I got saved in is the church Bonnie and I get to lead as the lead pastors of Elevation. What, what an amazing turnaround. What an amazing story. What an amazing honor that we get to lead the church where we found Christ. Who knows what God has in store for you? how God navigates his plans and his purposes if we're open to it, if we say yes and choose to follow him. God has a vision for your life. I want to remind you today, God has a vision for your life. He has a plan for you. And it's often the why that God may have done years ago. Maybe there's a little dream that was deposited. Maybe something happened to you. And that why will ultimately outwork your vision. For, for me, the why was the local church. 15, I, I, I got saved. I, I got invested and planted in the local church. And it was there that I found Christ and friendships and discovered who I was. And it's that passion that's never left me to build and to love the local church. Now, for years, it was different. I was a business guy. I just felt I'll just give some money. It's easy. I'll just make some coin and, and fund the church. That was my mission for, for many years. That was my vision. And then at 35, God called me to be full-time in ministry as a pastor. But I've always had that conviction of loving the local church. It was my why. Well, what's your why? Well, what matters to you? What sort of keeps you up at night? Well, what sort of can't let go? Well, what's your why? Your why will help you find your vision. Maybe your wise you love kids and, and your vision could be to parent one day or to teach them or to help them in a school or help them in our kids' church or, or, or maybe you're, you're wise, you like seeing people grow in God and there's a why in you to disciple and to mentor and to help that that'll direct you to your vision or maybe your why is helping the hurting. Your vision could be to be involved in missions Help out others who are less fortunate. Maybe your, your wife's caring for the environment and you feel you can bring awareness. Or, or, or maybe your why is you love the underdog, the, those who fall short, the, those who just can't make it. And that's why you support Parramatta, because, you know, your why is you care for the lost, the hurting. You care for the team that loses. You know, you just, it's a why. You can't shake it. You're just stuck following them. And your vision is they'll win one day, you know, and you're hanging on. They'll all get saved and revival will come. Whatever your vision is, it'll come out of your why. What's your why? What, 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 you know, often you have something that sort of burns in you and it doesn't burn in anyone else. And, and you kind of, it keeps coming up, but no one really cares because uh, it's not their why. Don't get mad at them. That's your why. When you find that why, allow that to drive you to your vision. Now, at Elevation, I want to unpack what our vision is. It's to multiply healthy local churches to transform our city. That's our vision. That that's what we look towards. We want multiply growth, health, 
local churches that ultimately transform our city. Our mission statement, I shared this last week, is about creating environments for intimacy with Christ, relationship with others, love God, love others, and influence our world. And our mission points to our now, helps us kind of uh, direct us to work out our um, vision statement. Our values, that's how we act, is fun, spirit-led, authentic, and adventurous. But let me explain to you what we're not about. We're not about a building, not about a branding, not about a name, or a personality, or a style, or a popularity. We're not here to entertain. We're not here to build consumers. We're here to build the local church. We're here to build his church to see the world transformed. But why does this matter? Well, vision brings us clarity and accountability. It helps us stay on track. It keeps us from drifting. The vision keeps us focused. It allows all of us to head in that one direction. We can celebrate that we're all different and unique, but we have that one unified focus, and that is at Elevation, to multiply healthy local churches to transform our city. The why for that comes from the church is the bride of Christ. It's, it's what Jesus built and started when he was on earth and rose again. Peter was the one who he built the church upon, and the gospel has been preached ever since. The church is where souls are saved and disciples are made. Uh, the church is where God outworks his plan and his purposes for mankind. I love the local church. I love it. I've always been part of it. Uh, even when I wasn't on staff, I would just attend. I love the local church. I still love it. It's my why. Because I just see God transform lives through the local church. And I believe wholeheartedly in being planted to the local church. Now, there's a difference between being planted and going to a local church. Uh, being planted means your roots are deep. Being planted is you produce fruit. Going is different. Going, you go to watch. Going, you go to see. Going, you go to get your needs met. But planted is totally different. Now, I don't mind where you go, but you need to be planted somewhere. If it's not this church, that's okay. But find a local church that you can be planted. Going to church is not the same as being planted. Why does planted matter? In Psalms 92 verse 12, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They'll grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. You, you just don't change churches like underwear. Uh, there's something about being planted that I want to unpack with us today. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming, the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. The writer here in Psalms saw planted believers are upright, strong, productive, and unmoved by the winds of circumstance and aging. Praise the Lord. We're unmoved by aging because guess what? 
we're all aging. And so when you are planted, you are unmoved. Flourish means to sprout, to send out shoots, to blossom, to fly, fly, to thrive, to grow, prosperity, blessings. Uh, the palm tree is the image used here. If you look at a, a palm tree, it kind of stands out. The palm is symbolic of triumph, of victory. The early Olympians would be presented with palm branches, like a gold medal. When Jesus rode triumphantly into Jerusalem, they would wave and place palm trees on the ground. Palms can withstand wild weather and cyclones, and they can bend but never break. We are like palms when we're planted. But you don't become a palm unless you are Planted, too often you end up like a weed, you wither, you die. But being planted means you are strong, resilient, victorious. Then the Bible says we are a cedar. Now here's a photo of a cedar. The cedars of Lebanon specifically live up to a thousand years. They're pleasant to look at, pleasing to smell. Solomon used it to build the temple so it would last we can compare the cedar to be strong, durable, lasting, and good-looking. But that doesn't happen if you're not planted. Planted is what the Bible says is how we become a cedar, how we become a palm, how we become these great symbols of success. And, and, and when you're planted, it's where you're flourishing. It's where you're growing. It's where you look good. It's where you smell good. It's where you're stable, dependable, reliable. Even though the going gets tough, well, hey, I'm going to get going. I'm planted. Scripture doesn't say those who go to church will flourish. It says those who are planted in church will flourish. There were so many days when I wanted to run from church. I was having a hard day, hard year, hard season, got annoyed, got frustrated. There's something when God calls you to be planted, to be planted, that you stick. Now, now God may move you around. I get that. Circumstances, situations, jobs. We move towns or move communities. But when you are at a church, your job is to be planted, not to go. This is your home. You need to have the attitude, this is where God has planted me. If this isn't your home, that's okay. I'm not upset. I won't be mad. Find somewhere that you can be planted. Are we good with that, church? Planted is much more than going. There is this deep understanding that I'm going to teach on through God's Word. It's not being a spectator. It's not watching. It's not being a consumer. It's not going. We are the church. We don't go to church. To plant means to contribute, to be in relationship, to serve, to give. I, I said it at our all-in. When you're planted, you come early and you come often. You come early to pray. You come early looking for God to move. You come to church seeing how God can use you to encourage someone else. Um, you come often because you want to see what God's doing. You, you want to hear the, the Scriptures and, and be on track with the series that we're teaching as God's moving our church forward. The, the church doesn't exist for us. We are the church. 
And we exist for the world. We don't go to church. We are the church. Some of you today, you may be dry. You may be withering and barren and lonely and hurting. But in a planted environment, that's where you get the love and the support. Think of it like this. A seed has tremendous potential. But if a seed isn't planted, it'll never outwork the God-given ability and potential in that seed. It's when it's stable in a planted soil that it starts to flourish and grow. i got two big thoughts for us today. Two big thoughts. And this is something that I want us to apply in all of our lives. I'm going to bring the fire. I'm going to challenge all of us today because my why is building the local church. So I'm going to do what God's called me to do. We all need to have deep roots and big fruit. Deep roots and big fruit. Your roots grow deep, Jeremiah 17, 8. They will be like a tree planted by the water. What does it do? It sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. When you're planted, your roots grow deep. Now, Hyperion is the name of the largest tree in the world. It's actually the largest known living thing at 115 meters tall. It's a sequoia tree. It's a type of redwood. But what's interesting with this largest tree on planet Earth, it sends its roots out horizontally or laterally up to 150 feet. And these Uh, roots actually are intertwined with other cedar or sequoia trees around it. And what it creates is this network, this matting effect of strength, like rebar in concrete, and the dirt bonds it together. So in fact, this hyperon, the name of this tree, is not standing alone. It's supported by the other trees around it. That's what happens when you're planted in a church. You are not alone. You are not alone. We will be a church that's for each other. We will be a church that will know when each other's in time of need and we'll be there to step in. It does not fear when the heat comes, Jeremiah says. And when challenges come our way, we have somewhere to go. It is each other. But that only happens when you're planted. It only happens when your roots grow deep. It's only happened when you're regular on a Sunday to build relationships before and after. It only happens when you're serving and connecting and in life groups and doing life with each other. In fact, I've asked Anna and the team to come right now to minister to you. I, I thought I'd just give a little half time, time out in our preach before I hit the second point. And I, I, I know there are people that are hurting today. I know some people are hurting physically. I know some people are hurting with grief. And I want us to be a, a church that cares because our roots are intertwined. If you're planted here, you won't be left alone. If you're planted here, you'll be recognized, you'll be known, you'll be seen. We're going to sing this song, and I'm really believing for the Holy Spirit 
to minister to you. I've, I've, I've been praying about this for, for weeks, actually. And, and as a church, too often we just come and go and we don't have that deep conviction for each other. And, and I pray that as we sing and, and as we meditate, you can stay seated. I, I, I want you to know you're not alone today. Firstly, God's in your corner, but we're in your corner as a church. And, and maybe you need to talk to someone about the hurt you're going through. That's what we're here for. I, I want your roots to reach out to each other. I, I want your roots to, to connect with those. You may see someone on a Sunday and they're just, they're looking off. Or maybe they don't come to church. You might follow up with them. Hey, how you doing? Where you been? Let's just let the Holy Ghost minister as we worship our God with this song. Thank you. 
For those hurting this morning, confused, experiencing grief, not knowing where to turn, suffering pain, rejection, depression, anxiety, lost in a sea of emotions, we wrap our roots around you. We, we stand with you. We, we won't let you fall. We'll, we'll be a church that will carry you, intertwine our lives with you. More than just a Sunday service, we're, we're available. We're on call. We're, we're here for you. By the power of the Spirit of God, would you minister, God, to every person who's hurting today? Because in a church, we can be planted. Our roots can go deep. We can be intertwined with each other. So when the heat comes, we can stand tall. We pray in Jesus' name. Number one, your roots grow deep. Just a few minutes more, I want to finish up with the second thought of being planted. Your roots produce fruit. Jeremiah 17:8. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought. No worries, mate. That's <laughs> the Aussie version. <laughs> no worries in a year of drought. And never fails to what? Produce fruit. Um, we will be a church that produces fruit. Being planted in a church produces fruit. Uh, for me, my fruit, I, I learned uh, as, 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 as a young kid how, how to serve. Uh, I, I was in kids' church and would show up and teach the little kids. Uh, I had a puppet ministry. Remember the puppet ministry, Anna, that Bonnie and I had? We were taking care of those kids. We learned to serve. We, I, I learned how to be a good husband, how to be a good employee. I learned the, the scriptures. Um, in fact, when we were in our 20s, there was a whole group of us and we were single and we trying to find a date, but we just didn't know. We should have seen you, Callum, to find out what the answer is there. And so this, this lady, lovely lady, she's got all the young men in the church together once a week and we would go to her house and she'd teach us how to cook and clean. I'm like, how is that going to help me get a beautiful bride? You know, how is cooking and cleaning? And she said very wisely, if you, you, you have to learn what to do 
what a woman is looking for you to do. <laughs> and so to get the girl you want, you've got to know what she wants. And she wants someone who knows how to cook and clean and take care. So we would have cooking lessons and we would have cleaning lessons. I still remember I had to wipe down the, the, the vanities. And uh, it, was, it was where I learned fruit. It's, it's where I grew. It's where I was in life group. Um, it's where we had relationships. And, and it's where th that fruit ultimately, and here's the goal of the fruit. Don't miss this as I close today. The goal of the fruit in our lives is that Jesus would be attractive to others. It's not just so we can eat it. <laughs> it's so that we can lead people to Jesus. Because people are more concerned about how you act than what you say. And, and people might say, look, I, I, I don't know about that churchy guy. I think he goes to that church, that cult place. You know, I, I think they take his money, but I, but, but I want what he's got. He's, he's always joyful. You know, I, I, I'm not sure about that guy. I think he's got some strange beliefs, but he's different. She's different. I, I want what, what she's got. I, I might not agree with what they believe in, but how can I deny how they act? How can I deny that they are salt and light? How can I deny that even in hard times at the office, uh, they still keep their composure, that they speak well and respect others, that they lift people up, not, not pull them down, that, that people should come to you in the office when they're in trouble. You should be that cedar, that, that palm tree that produces fruit of patience and kindness and goodness and long-suffering and selflessness so they can come to you, so you can ultimately point them to Jesus. The Bible says we'll be known by our fruit. That's how we're going to influence the world, but we need to influence our world to Jesus. And people would say, you know, I, I don't know about that, that ch church at the Wreckers, but man, I, those people, they, they care about the community. They're, they're actually helping the homeless. They're, they're running missions. They're giving finance into our Hills Shire. They're, they're caring for people. You know, they're, they're feeding the homeless. They're taking care of people. People should be attracted to you because of your fruit, but that should attract them ultimately to Jesus. When you're planted, what happens? Your roots grow deep. We'll take care of each other. We'll intertwine. And when you're planted, you produce fruit that ultimately lead people to Christ. I'll close with this quote from Sir Francis Drake. Disturb us, Lord, when we are too well pleased with ourselves. When our dreams have come true because we have dreamed too little. When we arrive safely because we have sailed too close to the shore. Father, today would you challenge us with a vision that our church would be one that would change people's lives for eternity. God, would you remind us that you died and rose again so that your church could flourish and grow and lead people to Christ. Father, could we be challenged today to be planted, to come early and come often. Father, because we care about you, God, and we care about others. Father, would you challenge us that our best days are ahead for your kingdom, for your glory, that we're believing for revival. 
for, for people to be saved like never before, for miracles and signs and wonders and healing, for this amazing fruit to come out of our lives. Why? So people can be saved just like us. That we would invite people to church as a place where they're going to be loved and cared for. Where we can bring them to a place where they're going to be not judged, but heard. Not yelled at, but listened to. Not judged, but understood. Father, let us be a church that brings glory and honour to you in everything we do. Let, let, let us be planted. I know we've been shaken through this thing of COVID. I know we've been shaken through things that have happened in our world. But I pray it wouldn't shake our faith. It strengthens us. That we would be more committed to the vision that God has called on our lives more than ever before. We'd be more committed to the local church more than ever before. To be planted, to put our roots deep and to show fruit that would impact those in our worlds. Maybe today you don't know Christ. Someone's brought you here or you came because of a friend or maybe you've been far away. Church is a place we can preach the gospel where we can lift up the name of Jesus boldly, unashamedly. There is no greater name. There is no other name but the name of Jesus that can save you. The Bible says there is a heaven and there is a hell waiting for you. Hell is real. And if you died today and you didn't know where you would end up, it's time to get your life right with God through Jesus Christ. To call on His name to be saved, the Bible says. To say, Jesus, I need you. I, I want to be saved and I want to follow you and be planted somewhere. If that's you today, you're far from God. Today's your day to come home. Today's your day to be planted so you can flourish like a cedar of Lebanon and like a palm tree with heads bowed and eyes closed. You want Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Just raise your hand wherever you are. Say yes to Him. Let me recognize that decision. I'll pray for you. And we'll believe the power of the living God to come in and change you forever. Just like in my life, I didn't deserve it. I didn't earn it. But by God's grace, I received it. And today's your day to come home, to know that love and that forgiveness. Just raise your hand wherever you are and we'll pray for you. Let's all pray a prayer out loud together. Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Save me. Forgive me. Be my Lord. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Everyone said, and Father, I pray for all the rest of us. Would you ignite the vision in our lives? Would you bring back purpose and destiny? Would you wake us up maybe from a little bit of safety? Wake us up from a little bit of slumber. Wake us up that the world is in desperate need of a Savior. And we are the local church. And we are here to bring the hope of the world, that's Jesus, to this earth. Would you use us, God, not to play safe, 
but to boldly declare your gospel. That we would be planted, put our roots deep, and show big fruit. Challenge us with the vision ahead of us as a church to do great things for your kingdom. Keep us on track. Keep us humble and accountable and focused on you and everything we do and say. We pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, let's give it up to our Lord, our Savior, who is so good.